All right. So I think this is going to be my last episode talking about the mass shooting on the subway in New York and all the weird things that have happened in the wake of it. Thank God, first and foremost, that nobody has died. Over a dozen people were shot. Others were injured. And it caused great panic and terror all over New York. The idea of being trapped on the subway and shot is a horrible thought. But today I really want to talk about the comedy, and I'm using that word in a, in a very specific sense, a comedy of errors, a tragedy of errors, of like a Three Stooges level errors from the NYPD and how somehow they're still trying to take credit for catching this man. Let me unpack and explain it. We need to talk about it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. So before we dig in, let me first say that I absolutely do believe that Frank James was the shooter. First, I guess I could go back before first. Let me let me go to like zero. Just to be clear, 13 people were shot. There was a mass shooting on the New York subway coming from Brooklyn it's real, it happened, and it, it has caused great pain and unrest in our city. So, yes, it happened. And yes, somebody did it. And I have seen the footage of Frank James getting onto the train station with what appears to be two bags of weapons and a, a fake construction outfit to conceal himself, which is what multiple people said he had on. Now, I want to zero in on one quick point. Early eyewitnesses who were looking at Frank James through two smoke grenades and a hail of bullets. It appears that he emptied one clip and started firing another and the gun jammed, thank God. Through all of the haze of being shot at and all of that, people said, okay, I thought he had on an MTA, that's the Metro Transit Authority uniform. Other people said it looked like he had on a construction uniform. He did. I see the, I see the video. It's him getting on the train at King's Highway with his fake construction uniform. He clearly bought it off the internet. And he had, and he was... Didn't really, wasn't able to swipe his key card properly. The Metro Authority actually let him into a train station several stops away from where the shooting took place. But you see him with his stuff. And in, in fact, you see him with one of the bags that he left behind. And, and early eyewitnesses said that they thought he was maybe around 5'7 and weighed 175 pounds. And Frank James is about six feet tall, not five, seven, but where they were off wildly 
is Frank James did not weigh 175 pounds. He weighs over 250 pounds. He's an enormous human being. And I lift that up not as any conspiracy theory. That's not what I'm doing here at all. Just as a quick point to say, eyewitnesses, God bless them. Everybody who saw Frank James, like, I have no shade at all. But eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. I say that as somebody who works on cases of people who've been wrongly convicted. When you are being shot at through smoke grenades on a moving train, you are not getting accurate height and weight and descriptions of somebody. In fact, when you are under duress and stress from any type of violent crime, eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. That's why in this case, it would have been very important for cameras to be working. But that first point I'm making, just to lift up this notion that eyewitnesses aren't, just aren't reliable factually. They just aren't. And plenty of black men has been sent to prison off of horribly unreliable eyewitness testimony. And this case is just another one of those. People saw what they thought they saw, but hell, it's, you're seeing through smoke and bullets. Of course, you're not going to have an accurate description. People caught that he was in the uniform, though. And so, yes, it was Frank James, period, point blank. When he had to rush, people were saying, like, well, what the hell? Like, how, how did, why did he leave his stuff behind? One, he was, again, thank God, uh, uh, horribly inaccurate with his shooting. Like, he, his shots were all over the place. I think he could not see properly through the gas mask and probably through the smoke as well. Uh, the whole thing was just a, a complete mess. And I don't even know that he's a skilled marksman and any trained marksman in any way. Who knows if he's like actually had experience or training at the range. But thankfully, again, most of his shots hit people in places where they were non-fatal wounds. And to get out of there in a hurry, in a panic, again, this is something that he's never done before. Um, he took his, he kept his backpack, left this suitcase behind, a suitcase that I saw him with in the train station video, left that behind and left a bunch of his junk behind, including the keys to the U-Haul that he was driving, including some of his identifying information. And with that information, he was any, anybody. I could have found this man. They literally found the U-Haul keys that he rented in his name. And so here comes the long list of mistakes and just a tragedy of errors from the NYPD. And it is shocking to me that they would even... No, it's not shocking that they would take any credit for this. That's, the, that's their way. But it's like, hold on. You do know that all of this unfolded in real time on social media, right? The first officer on the scene gets there on the train. People are bleeding. People are trying to put tourniquets on arms and legs. And his radio doesn't work. And he starts screaming in a panic at people for them to call 911. The officer is telling people for them. To, it's like, hold on. Aren't you 911, my dude? <laughs> it's like, hold on. Who am I supposed to call you? Am I, supposed, am I supposed to be calling the police? 
He said his radio's not working. Now, each train station is supposed to have what's called a station captain who was supposed to hold all of the trains in the station during this emergency. The NYPD has admitted that that did not happen. And it appears that Frank James, who just shot 13 people, just hops right on another train and gets on out of there. Because they were supposed, the NYPD was supposed to hold the trains, and they did not. And so the trains kept on moving with Frank James. And Frank James got away and goes from Brooklyn to Manhattan and begins to walk all over Manhattan. Mind you, the NYPD has 35,000 police officers. They're walking all, Frank James is walking all over Manhattan. They have 35,000 police officers. In an instant, this is like the most important case in the city, in the state, and, and in the country. He's the most wanted man in the country at that moment. Their budget is nearing $11 billion. And Frank James literally was seen yesterday at coffee shops, at McDonald's, at bodegas. He's walking everywhere. People called the police and said, I see him at my coffee shop. Frank James, according to the NYPD, then calls the police himself, calls the NYPD and says, I am at McDonald's. Just come on through here and get me. Frank James is at the McDonald's. I don't understand if he's overwhelmed with guilt or if he left his wallet and he's hungry. I, you know, I'm not even joking. Uh, the, this, I'll, I'll zoom in on that for a second. A lot of times when people are on the run, they underestimate how hard it is to be on the run if you don't have money, a wallet, other who, who knows? He was uncomfortable, maybe. I have no idea. I can only speculate. Because when we see him, he's so chilled out. Like, he's not fighting. He is like, he, he looks as, like he's, it looked like he just had a sedative. Frank James waits for the NYPD at McDonald's. And guess what? They don't show up. <laughs> they don't show up. He calls them. And then a Syrian man. At a local bodega in lower Manhattan, and for those of you who aren't from New York, uh, a bodega is just like a corner store, a little, a little convenience store. A man named Zach, which, uh, you know, is maybe a, a name he's chosen for him, himself, I'm assuming, a Syrian man named Zach, sees Frank James and calls police and says, listen, he is right here in front of our bodega. He's left the McDonald's. <laughs> And finally, after Frank James has roamed New York on his own, I, I've seen the videos of him out walking. He's all over the place. He is, he is roaming the streets of New York after just shooting 13 people and taking the train out of there. And then the mayor and the NYPD, after he is arrested, have the gall to say, we got him. Oh, you got him? No, you didn't get him. Zach got him. And the truth is, Zach and, and some bros from the bodega 
could have literally hemmed Frank. Frank was not putting up a fight from anybody. And, 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 and so they got him. And the NYPD did basically nothing. They did. Matter of fact, they did worse than nothing. Like they were, they're in the negative on this. It was a three stooges level effectiveness. The radio's not working. The cameras are not working. They don't stop the trains. They can't find him. He's walking all through the city. He's spotted by everyday people getting coffee and cookies and everything else. He calls the police on himself. They don't show up. And Zach, get no, you didn't get him. Zach got him. Stop lying. There was nothing effective that you did here. And this notion that they need another penny from us, please, you're right. No, that's not happening. This shows you, in a lot of ways, just how grossly ineffective policing in America truly is. It's, it's ridiculous. And I, I am still frustrated and angry at the man who did this and frustrated and angry at how big of a failure it was from the NYPD from top to bottom. Listen, it's almost the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. But if you are not yet a member of the North Star, please, please, please go to the northstar.com, become a member today. I am only able to get on here and talk smack about the NYPD because we have the support of everyday people just like you. Go now to the northstar.com and become a member today. If you haven't purchased a copy of my book, you can go to lemonsandstones.com. We need, need, need your support. Love and appreciate all of you. What a crazy few days it's been. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Momentum. Momentum.